Hey, Dr. Mike here. So you want to live forever-ish? Well, then you got to know what's in and what's not. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Forever-ish. This is one of our favorite shows, Dr. Crystal. What's in now? And what's not for living forever-ish? Again, living forever-ish. We're always going to say it, right? It's so important, right? Strong, healthy, vibrant, being able to get up at it. Strong. Yeah, you got, I threw you off a little bit. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, you know, living forever-ish. Yes, it is, it, it's nice to live longer, but it's really more of a focus on good years. Good, right? healthy years. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing that's in, this is something you want to add to your regimen, something you want to do, um, and it's capsaicin. Yeah, make Very, it spicy. Make Keep it spicy. spicy. I love spicy food. Me too. And my kids are starting to get into it. I'm yeah. so happy about that. I don't I don't I don't know how I I've just always liked it. I don't even remember. I just have always been a spicy always adding hot sauce to things and So like one to ten if you are ordering Indian food. Oh the Indian. Wait. I already told you we went with the ten soup. Oh you did I thought you did the five or six. That then we I then we experiment with the ten. Ooh, that was rough. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. There's an Indian place down where Dr. Chris and I live, and you could you could rank the heat in your food based on a number, you know, whatever. Yeah, and they have spicy. They like have it. this soup that you go up to number ten with, and it was it was hot. Anyways, why are we talking about capsaicin today? Well, the the, the capsaicin that is what's inside of hot peppers is responsible for the spiciness, and there's research with a variety of health concerns, but. We're looking at a study published March 2023, Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis, published in the journal, British Journal of Nutrition. Right. And they, and they now this, again, a meta-analysis, right, maybe just to review real quick, is basically a collection of studies. It's, it's pooling all the data from different studies, and, they, and the claim is, is when you do that, your, 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 your statistics get better. Right. And it's better than just looking at one study. Right. One study may say, hey, this doesn't work. Then study two may say it does work. So when you kind of look at and pull the research, you're able to identify the preponderance of, of evidence. evidence. Yeah. And again, just so in these in these studies they pulled, right, it was either they were doing a supplement of capsaicin or capsaicin like a like a pepper or something, adding yeah, it to food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or nothing. Correct. Okay. All right. So what did we find? Uh, and so first, the, the meta-analysis did include 15 randomized trials that involved a total of 762 overweight or obese men and women. So that that's the group that, that these uh, analysis or these trials analyzed. And the results BMI, body weight, waist circumference, and waist circumference were significantly reduced among the participants who were given capsaicin in comparison uh, with the placebo groups. Not bad. So there you right. go. Add some heat. And of course, the theory is is um, thermogenesis, right? You know, capsaicin is connected to the burning of what is called brown fat yeah. in the body. And, and that's, that's the fat that generates heat and all that kind of stuff. So you burn that. Um, and that's leading to some of the, the weight loss. Right. So th- find ways to spice it up. Yeah. Get some, you know, red chili pepper, the red pepper flakes. The, oh, I use that stuff. Those are really good. I dump it in everything. No, yeah. I love it too. Uh, start slow. 
Um, but it's okay to get a little bit of heat. That's that's the point here. Uh, we know that uh, there are ways to neutralize the heat, Doctor Mike. Yeah. If it, I know, if it gets too hot. I know. I know for a fact you should not do water. Right. I I see those videos. Right. Hannah shares the TikTok videos as people eating hot peppers. And what do they do? They go right for water. No. That's going to make it worse. Right. All that all that does is the water just spreads that capsule yeah. around literally parts of your mouth. Because when the people are done drinking the water in these videos, you can see about a second later they realize that was stupid. Yeah. Mouth on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So milk is the better way to go. Yeah. The protein in milk uh, casein helps to break the bonds of capsaicin. Um, that 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 capsaicin forms on your nerve receptors, so it helps to cool the heat. Sugar and honey, those can help as well. But anyways, add the heat, rev up your metabolism a little bit, right? That's right. Not gonna hurt. Number two, this is what's in. It's known as implementation science. Tell us about what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a new field of research. Um, you find some uh, some of your big. Uh, Colleges are now kind of developing departments related to implementation science. And, and here's what's going on. Research is happening every day. Mm -hmm. But taking that research and, and bringing that research into practice is a very challenging thing to do. Yes. Takes a long time. Takes a, a, an average of 17 years between, between research and practice. And here's why. Here's one thing that I think is people, if a doctor that they find something and they think it works great, they're not going to change. Or we, I, we already, that's been well established. What most like internal medicine doctors, the ones that do a lot of primary care stuff, the drugs they learned in residency are sometimes the same drugs they continue um, to prescribe. Let me ask you something though. This, okay, so when I was in medical school, the hot topic of that day was practicing evidence-based medicine, trying to actually close that gap. Mm -hmm. Is this kind of like the next stage of that? Because evidence-based medicine, or that that I believe is the way to practice, is doesn't really shorten the time, though. We're still waiting. Because here's what all doctors say. Well, if you want me to change drugs, I need more clinical drugs, you know. Right, but it's not just about introducing new drugs. The, pharmaceut uh, the pharmaceutical companies are really good at that because they have their reps and they're coming to the practices and... They are educating the doctors and they're saying, hey, we got to get this drug into your hands. It's more of um, new screening tests that may be available. It's more practice guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some are controversial, like stopping PSA testing versus should you test PSA? Shouldn't you? You know, what does the research say and how do you implement what the latest research is saying is the best approach? Yeah into the everyday practice where it's more universal. Um, and so, you know, a couple of examples, colorectal screenings with an at-home stool test are available. Yeah. If you have an abnormal result, it requires a colonoscopy as a follow-up. However, in some U.S. healthcare systems, only half get the follow-up of colonoscopy within a year. So then you're trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah, because that could be maybe the patient just doesn't want to do it, or maybe they're not being told, or maybe they're not that 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 center is not following the standard practice for, right. for that. Yes, yeah, so right. I I see that there. You also listed one about kids with anxiety. I thought that was interesting. That a lot of new research over the past five to ten years has shown that behavioral modification with anxiety, right. attention deficit, even 
can play a significant role, even eliminating the need for drugs. But hardly any kid goes through that. Right. So what? There. So now there's a research, <laughs> yeah. a, a whole field of research to say, you know, when we have this new information, what are strategies that will help us to get it out to the public? Sometimes it's only the elitist. Yeah. That will have access to the latest and greatest. Maybe if you're in a city where there's a research hospital. Yeah. Then now Might see a little bit some more, yeah. of the newer technologies, um, you know, available to you. But it, we have to close the gap. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's um, it, it, it makes sense. Right. There's there's so many things that should be um, done in clinical medicine, but it's not. Because um, of, of a variety of different um, reasons. This is why, this is just my opinion. So give me my minute. I find that if you stick with, especially for your primary care doctor, an integrative, somebody who's a little, because we find integrative physicians, I'm not just saying this because that's what I call myself. I'm not, so I'm not just patting myself. But I find people who, who do practice integrative medicine, meaning the East and West, supplements, food, dry, it's, a, it's what's right for the person, right? I find those types of practitioners to be more up to date? I do. Um, I, I have to agree 100% because they are, um, they just, I think they understand the benefit to the patient. Oh. And, and they want to bring that. They want to bring it forward into their practice, yes. right? Like, why wait? Why does this patient have to sit here with symptoms or, you know, not feeling good Yeah. Um, just because I, I'm waiting for another two studies in three more years, right? Right, right. You have to find a doctor that wants to learn outside of getting their continuing education credit Yeah, as well. That's good. Good point. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Number three, this is what in, this is what is in, this is what you want to do for living forever-ish, and it's beauty from within, this is interesting, with lycopene. (laughs) You don't usually hear lycopene with skin stuff, right? Well, I'll tell you what, Dr. Mike, and you know me, I've already started taking yeah, it. I, but you have. I said, lycopene needs to be in my diet every day after reading this uh, study published in the Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology in March 2023. It's an original open access article, meaning all of you listening. Everybody can get it. You can just go online and find it. Uh, again, beauty from within with lycopene. Yeah, yeah I, 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 what's interesting to me about this is, so some people might be hearing this and they're like, well, how does how does vanity or skincare fit into Live Forever-ish, the strong it? It absolutely does because, you know, when you look, how you're looking good makes you feel better, right? You know, I've noticed that I've gotten into my 50s now. I wake up, I notice a little more puffiness, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and I don't like that. So doing something that's natural, safe, that maybe can help with that kind of stuff. I don't have any problem with it. I know. So in this study. Why are you laughing at me? I, I, but because I agree 100%. And I know a lot of what, people. What, that I'm puffy? No, just that <laughs> when you don't. Not that part, Dr. Mike. <laughs> when you when, when you look good, you do look in the mirror and you feel good about what you see. Yeah, yeah. Has an impact. On it does. We just have to be all outlook and yeah. We, let's all be honest that that's a true statement. Yes. All right. So tell us what happened here. Yeah, fifty women, aged thirty-five to fifty-five years, with signs of facial aging, who were not using uh, carotenoid supplements, 
were included. And lycopene is a type of carotenoid antioxidant. And those participants consume one capsule daily of lycomate. Mm-hmm. Yes, lycomato. <laughs> lycomato. I love it. Name. I love it. Lycomato. <laughs> yes, a trademark name of a tomato extract provides which provides 15 milligrams of lycopene plus additional carotenoids. Um, and yeah, for 12 weeks. And after 12 weeks, what caught my attention about this study, Dr. Mike, of course, the wrinkles, the pigmentary discoloration yeah. uh, was something that stood out because that was improved. But the, uh, the skin's natural barrier was evaluated to see if if you're losing water. So that, to me, that equates to dry skin. Yeah, transdermal water loss. It increases exactly. as we get older, When It does. And uh, so the researchers saw significant improvements in the participant's skin barrier compared with measurements contained before supplementing with the extract. And I have dry skin. So the, to me, that was a yeah, yeah. And as I just mentioned, for me, you know, uh, you know, I'm Greek. Greek guys, we get the darker colorization. We get the, it's natural for us to get the puffiness around the, the eye. You know, that's just that's part of my genes. And so seeing that and I've noticed that more. I mean, yeah. getting older. So something like this. Yeah, it's part of living foreverish. I think so. Skin tone improved uh, on if you all go online and, and check out the study. There are pictures, kind of before and after pictures, and there was uh, someone with darker skin. And I know if I have like a little pimple or something, when it heals, there's hyperpigmentation. It's it's darker. And so there were pictures that the lycopene, 12 weeks, cleared it up. Nice. Good Uh, result. Yeah, good results. Lycopene, easy. Again, that was 15 milligrams of that uh, trademark. All right. Lycomato. <laughs> Lycomato. That's pretty good. All right. So those are your three ends for living forever-ish. Now we got to talk about the out. This is what you don't want. This is what you want to avoid, prevent, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This is what, um, this is the negative side of this, of this um, um, podcast. And for us today, out, it's something we've talked about a lot, but we're not going to start, stop talking about it because it's still rampant in our society. And that is sugar. Yes. Doot, doot, doot. The study title, Dietary Sugar Consumption and Health, Umbrella, umbrella. Now, right, tell us what that, what does that mean? Okay, so we talked about our first in, right, with the meta-analysis where you're taking the studies and you're reviewing a group of studies. An umbrella review then reviews a series of meta-analysis. Yeah, yeah. So it's a review of a, of a review. Yeah, yeah. So the meta-analysis is a review of a bunch of independent studies, mm-hmm. and then the umbrella is a review of a bunch of meta-analyses, which is going to have many, 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 many studies. Yes, okay. and so the, the inclusion criteria for this umbrella review were systematic reviews and meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials, cohort studies, case control studies, cross-sectional studies. All you know, of it. It's all in there. Of studies yeah. that evaluated the effect of dietary sugar consumption on any health outcomes in humans free from acute or chronic diseases. I thought that was really important because the studies that they chose to include, those individuals did not have acute or chronic diseases. And now we can see did the sugar have an effect? Have, yeah. So, so yeah. So they that yeah. That's a good way to look at this, right? Mm-hmm. 
it it gives you more confidence in the in the results right. of what we're seeing. So significant harmful associations between dietary sugar consumption and metabolic outcomes and endocrine outcomes. Uh-huh. Right. We see cardiovascular outcomes not so good. Yeah. Um, other outcomes, dental obviously makes sense. Liver, things we've talked about for so long. Um, um, but you know, right now when you look at different products on the market, the 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 amount of added sugars, it's just it's everywhere. Right. So based on this umbrella review, Doctor Mike, this is the not so good information. Yeah. The, the, the authors conclude to reduce the adverse effect of sugars on health, you need to reduce the consumption of free or added sugars below 25 grams per day. That yep. is about six teaspoons per day. Yeah. Just to put, let me, if I may, so 25 grams of, of sugars um, would be considered like for keto people, people that are on um, the carnivore diets, the paleo, whatever. Would That's like saying 25 net carbs, mm-hmm. right? So 25 net carbs or less a day. And that's what most of those diets do. So there's maybe some maybe some focus needs to go on, on looking at some of those diets. Right. Um, but the other thing was limit the consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages to less than one serving per week. Per week, not per day. I'm one like, serving per week. I mean, uh, this is where I, yes. Dun, that, dun, dun. Listen, great advice. It's not practical for most people. That's that's the problem here, right? So right. giving more practical advice, you whoever is whoever is listening to this and does drink a lot of, of sugary beverages, cokes, um, lattes with a bunch of sugar and syrups because you like the, you know, different flavors, whatever. Mm-hmm. One time when you order it, don't do the flavoring or like figure out ways little by little eliminating that sugar little by little maybe you get it down to where it's every other day for you and like you're working towards that goal of one I think so you just have to be aware and you all know that sugar is added to so many foods yogurt it's in there ketchup it's in there any, any of those kind of sauces please oh yeah yeah you tell you tell your story about your tomato sauce uh, or your uh, Marinara. Yes, gosh, wow! People add so much sugar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and because it cuts the acid of the tomato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just be aware of the sugar and, and know that what you're dealing with your your heart health concerns. You know, your doctor's concerned about your cholesterol. Let's focus in on the sugar a little bit. More. A lot, a little bit, a lot more. A lot. I'd rather. I'd rather people. Focus on sugar way more than honestly cholesterol. Yes. Or triglycerides. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Um, okay, there you go. Three ins and an out for living forever ish. Um, don't forget, you can go to Life Extension. Up, oh, nope. You can go to liveforeverish.com. Life Extension is our sponsor. Yes. So that's okay to mention them. Yeah. At liveforeverish.com, where you can download how many podcasts? Oh, goodness. Uh, close to 400. 400 podcasts. Uh, when you do, like it, share it comment and of course subscribe we call it the one-two punch i'm not gonna make you do it unless you want to one-two punch you give your email so you can join the family which means newsletters and some um offers from our sponsor life extension and then you can subscribe right there that's liveforeverish.com i'm dr mike thanks for listening